Hey folks, welcome to Dojo Talks. Uh, today we are going to be ranking chess variants. I'll be each going through our top uh, 10 list. And we have our list of variants up uh, right here. If you're listening to this on Spotify or uh, via audio later on, you can check out the YouTube if you want to see the full list of, of variants and see all of our rankings um, in real time. Um, also, apologies for our template. We'll get that fixed in the uh, the post show. But today is <laughs> Dojo Talks Chess Variants. Um, we have, I think, the 10 most popular variants that we thought of. Um, one honorable mention is bullet chess, which me and David both consider a chess variant, but Jesse does not. He vetoed it, so we won't be ranking. <laughs> we won't be ranking bullet. But for the record, a lot of us do think that it is a variant in itself because it's very, very fast. And a low ranking variant. <laughs> yeah, not that fun uh, compared to these others. Um, guys, I think I don't know where to start with. I think we should start with the the top of the list okay. seems um, the easiest i mean it's not the most fish or random way to do it but i think it's the most organized way oh wait you guys are sorry you guys are probably muted there oh, we, we go. go now people can hear you oh all right which is good all david said is that he doesn't like bullet <laughs> Um, right. Oh, and, and, and also Gosia said that I was the one who vetoed Bullet off this list. And so I take responsibility for that. Um, I am not a fan of Bullet myself. I've really never played it. Uh, but to me, it's just not a it's not a variant because the rules aren't changed. You're just moving the clock speed up, you know. So there you go. That's why I vetoed it. Yeah, fair. We should also mention that this was brought up um, because Aronian posted a tweet just yesterday or the other day um, suggesting his own variant that looked pretty interesting, um, where if I could just quickly summarize, you essentially give your uh, you give your opponent four moves that you're willing to play and then they choose one um, for you, which is also uh, kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, more of a fun show today. I don't think uh, it's um, going to be super on the <laughs> instructive side, though I do kind of rank these myself in terms of how uh, instructive they are for, for regular uh, chess. For me, that's, oh, I'm going to disagree, Ghost. I'm going to disagree. I know David has very strong feelings about Chess 960 and some other stuff. I got strong feelings about something. No, I think this is a, you underestimate the power of this conversation, my friend. This is not fun. This is war. Me and David are going to go to war on this. Man. <laughs> Here we go. I'll say Here this. Here we go. I'll say this. Aronian's, Aronian's idea, it's basically to force you to play positions that you don't know as well, right? So sort of tests a player's universality, right? It's not supposed to make you play a game that looks like A4, G5, Knight A3, Bishop H6, right? right? It's supposed to make you like see if somebody who normally plays D4 can get along well in an advanced Karo or something like that, right? On And I thought about it for a little bit. You guys didn't want to use it as the main topic today, but I thought about it for a bit and I think I may have refuted it and he might have to reduce the number of moves from four down to two or three, honestly. Even two might be enough to accomplish the goal of pushing someone out of their comfort zone. But as a concept, it's a cool concept and then you can just fine tune the number of moves. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. Well then, let's get started. Um, let's just do Buckhouse. This is uh, super, super popular. In fact, for me, it might be my one of my top variants right off the bat because I, I think it's a ton of fun. Um, 
yeah, either of you guys want to uh, want to start? Do you have an idea where you're going to place it? We can move them around later, but. Have, have you been playing with someone other than me? Because when we played together, I did not consider that fun. <laughs> no, that was brutal. Oh, my God. We got killed. Um, that wasn't fun. But um, the other games that we played were fun. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'll jump in with Bughouse. And something I want to say about Bughouse is uh, I think Bughouse is the best social game. It's even better. It was way better than chess itself in terms of social. Yeah. It is a trash talking event. And I think to me, it's it's no good without the trash talking, which it loses a lot when you play online. We did a Discord thing where me and, and, and like Chess Latte were playing. It was fun to kind of like talk, but I like to get under the opponent's skin. Years ago, I came up with an opening repertoire. I still need to do a video about this, a bug house opening repertoire called The Bone. And I hurt Bruce so badly once that he he's still traumatized by the bone. <laughs> I have great memories. One of my most fun <laughs> bug house memories is beating Jesse a million times in a row. <laughs> no, man, I, I the bone, let's just say the bone was long and furious that night. And David is still traumatized by this event. And that's why he might not put bug house as his top variant. You know, actually, it really depends if you're playing online or OTB. OTB, I've just got nothing but fond memories of beating Jesse. I remember him <laughs> complaining about his partner <laughs> all night for like eight hours. He was telling the guy, go back to the, you know, to the minor leagues. You don't belong here. You know, I'm a bug house grandmaster and look how you're dragging me down. Um, I am definitely a bug house grandmaster. I'll he was mostly trash talking his partner, not me. So I had a great time. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um for me yeah it's really going to depend if we were trying to rank this as online or otb because online i've never enjoyed bug house yet i've never had a session where i was just like oh man that was so fun playing online and playing otb i think i've had fun basically every time so so that makes it really tough for me you know like it could go anywhere from you know second or third place down to 10th based on that i'm going to give bug house the benefit of being otb for my own ranking uh-huh so you can asterisk bug house for me. I'll rank it OTB and I will give it. <laughs> While he's giving it something, uh, I want to do a, just a small point of clarification. The Europeans are confused about what bug house is. And they've got this simple ridiculous thing like you can't drop check and they've got other weird rules House rules, but yeah. i do want to say that i do believe the europeans are slowly coming around and are now playing more and more with the correct rules <laughs> the bug house the european bug house that's not bug house and so we're not talking about that if you play that then shame on you okay just shame on you we're talking about the real bug house today and it's so much more violent and interesting when you play real bug house rules. It's a little bit like the difference, honestly, to what I imagine chess used to be before the queen got to be powerful, right? Originally in chess, the queen was just moving around like the king, some sad little piece. The game, the game just started as an end game, in other words, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just, got, it just got lame, you know? Whereas now with like the real bug house, it's so much more dynamic and fun. Yeah, so there, I just want to put that out there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna put it as my number one actually. Yeah, I feel like it's just if 
if I had to play one of these games right now, I uh-huh. would choose Bug House. Like, that's just my number one choice. And also, we'll say, um, we should, I want to clarify as well, we had a little discussion there. Are we talking about the best? Are we talking about the most educational? Yada, yada. Uh, there's a big confusion among a lot of chess coaches where they get distressed that their opponent, their students play too much bug house mm-hmm. and they lose their mind with bug house. I've never seen that. Um, you know, do they get addicted? Yes, but that's fine. The kids get addicted. I still enjoy playing bug house. And I do think there are certain things you can get out of it in particular mating patterns. Um, yeah. And just the like fantasy, there's fantasy involved in Bug House that is a different kind of fantasy than you get um, in regular chess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but as a kid who would play a lot of like Blitz and Bug House uh, at tournaments growing up, and then sometimes just totally throwing the next round because I played way too fast. <laughs> I can tell you that as a kid, I had to realize like, oh, you have to really learn to separate uh, the classical and, and the blitz. Very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've got an important question in chat, which we should perhaps briefly address, which is by what criteria, like, is it, are we ranking things? Mm. Um, you know, fun, educational, whatever. Um, and our answer is by whatever criteria each of the three of us chooses. It's just our own favorites. So, yeah, like, I mean, having fun would be one of the main reasons to play chess or any other game. So that's, that's probably in the mix. Right. Yeah, I definitely uh, prefer fun. But right. I think also if it's kind of instructive or useful or kind of exercises similar chess muscles more than other variants, then yeah, I think I kind of prefer it more in general. Kosia or David, tell me about King of the Hill. I'm not sure I even know what King of the Hill is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) King of the Hill is very fun. Basically the first player to legally place their king in the center of the board, the four central squares, E4, D4, E5, D5, wins the game. You can also win by like a normal checkmate. But uh, if you get your king to the center of the board, you win. Okay. Yeah, so I can start with this one. I think it's a lot of fun because, um, well, you still have to play regular chess. Uh, you, We could say that the, the importance of the center has definitely uh, uh, been uh, greatly exacerbated. <laughs> And uh, it also leads to some fun combinations where like you sack your pieces, but you start, you know, at some point you got to make a run for it with the king, king f2, king e3, you got to try. So I think it's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Not sure exactly where I'm going to rank it. Probably, um, probably like, I think I'm going to place it fourth for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, As somebody else who knows what it is, um, I'll, I'll rank it next. Um, are oh, you going to make a lot of room here for us? Yeah, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll get okay. it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, definitely worth playing. Uh, when I look at variants, I either want a variant that's like a little bit better than chess or that's quite a bit different. So, um, this is, this is one that's, that's a bit different. It's pretty fun. Um, 
I'm going to put it at like sixth or seventh. It also depends for me how much replayability it has. Like a lot of these variants are fun, but then once you've played them a hundred times, they become less fun. One of the cool things about chess is that you can play it thousands of times and it maintains that interest, right? Um, and there are some variations that that will drop off a bit once you've played them a lot. So I'll try putting it at sixth place for now. It might drop to seventh on reflection. It's definitely fun. And I was just a real jerk. I put it at number 10 because it sounded like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. There might be other things, though, which superseded in dumbness as we yeah. go down this list. So okay. I reserve the right to move it. You can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. For example, what is loser's chess? I don't even know that one either. Oh, I feel like you, you've had to have played it. Um, okay. It's also known as uh, suicide. We're oh, basically yeah. just trying to give away all your pieces. Uh -huh. And the key rule is that if you have a capture available, like in checkers, you must yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the goal is to give up all your pieces or get yourself. Actually, I think there's different variants. There's one variant where you can get yourself mated. There's another variant where the king is just a piece that can be given up. So there's no check or checkmate. Doesn't matter. Um, I kind of like it where checkmate is a thing. I think it makes it for a more creative game because if you can force someone to take something with mate, like, come on, that's like so cool. Um, but yeah, pretty fun. So Jesse, you've never played this one, huh? <laughs> well, I've played it. I've been exposed to it. Let's say, I don't know if I've actually condescended to play the thing and that's even worse the sounding than the King of the Hill thing. So I yeah. just put that immediately at 10, dude. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. It's down there with bullet for me. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. You guys don't like it. Um, I, I think it's kind of fun. It's not my favorite thing. Uh, I've been turned off to it because uh, kids actually really like it, especially uh, at like camps and classes and stuff. They uh -huh. always, I mean, they love bug house, of course, but yeah, right. they always want to play losers chess. And, um, and yeah, once they learn how to play it, they really often don't want to play anything else. So I would advise coaches <laughs> not to teach your kids bug house, <laughs> not to teach them how to play losers chess until they're mature enough to handle the fact that, you know, like regular chess is still the best. Otherwise, if they're too young, then they're not going to want to play regular <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't have the greatest replayability for me. It's a little bit too, too mm. weird and uh, just kind of calculable. It lacks strategy, right? It only has kind of tactics. Right. So. Yeah, I'll put it at number eight. Uh, it's not my favorite either, to be honest. It's kind of an interesting question that I want to just expound on. And it, it, it might might sound uninteresting, but would Jesse choose tic-tac-toe over um, over loser's chess? And what I think there, one, like, let's call it side question. Maybe we could even do a whole show on this is what other games out there involve a kind of thinking that's like chess? And to me, a more evolved um, tic-tac-toe is connect four. Mm -hmm. And connect four is surprisingly like a pawn end game. <laughs> it's surprisingly like a pawn end game where, you know, you're just playing it socially, you won't notice it. But if you really play it intently, you'll be like, oh no, Zugzwang happening all the time. <laughs> and if you play it with people who don't know about Zugzwang, you're just gonna murder them and they're gonna get mad. And they're like, what is going on? How can you be winning every single game, man? It's a brutal game. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, for training chess as a fun thing to do that 
that would be my pick that's similar to connect or excuse me, tic-tac-toe. Uh, but tic-tac-toe would generally would just end in a draw all the time, which is a bummer. No fun. Yeah, maybe we could rank non-chess games sometime too, like tic-tac-toe. I played my first game of Catan the other day. Oh, right. Uh, all go. right. There we go. We can dump it at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's Fog of War? I don't know that one either. Um, this one I haven't played much. I don't know if David, you could. I can briefly, yeah. barely explain, but you might have a more. <clears throat> I've played concrete. it. Okay. I've played it enough to tell you. So in Fog of War, basically any square your pieces can't um, can't move to is is sort of grayed out, and you can't see that square. And so when you move your pieces forward, you don't know what they're going to encounter. Um. You, you don't know if there will be a piece waiting to capture them or not, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, okay. And then suddenly a diagonal opens or a file opens and the pieces see each other. I see. Wait, so how does it... Oh, any... any so I think like in the starting position... Don't control? Yeah, I think in the starting position, you can basically see like the third rank because your pawns could capture on the third rank, something like that. And then let's say you open with B3. Now you can see the squares A4 and C4 mm -hmm. and your opponent plays G6 and you play Bishop B2 and suddenly you can see the whole diagonal from A1 to H8 and your opponent can't yet, right? And then they play Bishop G7 and for a second, they see your bishop before it comes and captures them. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. I played that one before. Then, yeah. then that's and that one we should say of all these is the first one we're talking about. Well, the only one I guess where you, it you need a computer obviously to play the thing. So yeah. it's a computer driven variant, obviously. Um, yeah, I've played that thing. That's that's amusing. That's mm -hmm. amusing. Okay. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know where to put it quite yet. But I, I I played it and I was quite amused by it. I played some games. It has strategy as well as tactics, so I'm ranking it ahead of losers' chests. Um, cause you know, obviously there's, there's randomness to it, which is going to hurt a little bit for someone who's used to a perfect information game and wants, you know, reasoning and strategy to fully work out and not weird little psychological feints and scouting and stuff like that. It's got a big element of like Stratego, which I'm sure Jesse's played. Good morning, Jesse. I got you. Here we go. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that Stratego, but with the thing with Stratego, right, is you got to kind of remember where the people are, right? Yeah. Which is those games I'm never good at, so I don't like Same it. in Fog of War. You have to remember, <laughs> like, which pieces you've captured or haven't captured so you can sort of guess what might or might not be there. Mm, let's say right, right. let's say your bishop looks at a diagonal but then, like, moves away. You can sort of remember who you'd seen on that diagonal. You know, if you get a clue whether they've castled kingside or queenside, it's kind of like having an idea where the opponent's flag is, that kind of thing. So there, there's an element that's pretty interesting to it. Um, so I was able to play it several dozen times without getting bored of it. Um, but I think most of what we have here is even more fun than that. So for me, it's probably between eighth and ninth place right now. Okay, cool. I'm going to probably put it at uh ninth mainly because i haven't really played much but it does sound fun i feel like i would enjoy it okay next up chess 960 the classic fisher random 
um, arguably the most mainstream of the variants that we see here. Yeah, David, why don't you give us your spiel? Because I know you're a, a big defender, believer of the chess 960. Well, I, I just think it's really fun. One of my favorite phases in, in the chess game is the opening phase. And if people know the opening by heart, then they sort of have to skip that phase. Um, I also don't enjoy, even though it's my favorite part of the game to play, I don't enjoy studying it. Um, so I think, I think the time spent sort of like ramming opening variations through a computer and preparing, um, I saw Jesse one day sort of like clicking through chessable training. It was the first time I've ever seen somebody do it. Yeah. I know, I know we got kicked off chess.com for a couple of days for that, but, um, yeah. but I did get to see it at least. So now I sort of know what I'm talking about a little bit and it looked lame. You know, Jesse was like this move, this move, this move. Oh shoot. Not this move. You know, and then it would tell him the move and then it would make yeah. him go through it again, like three or four times uh -huh. and be like, got it, got it, got it. Boom. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like you've successfully become an automaton. Um, I saw, you know, no, no appeal in doing that. I would rather spend my time like studying end game studies or something like that, you know, and, and, or, or doing training like we do on end game sensei or playing out the same middle game four times in a row and talking about it. I mean, it's, it's, if we were ranking different ways you could study chess, it would basically be like at the bottom of my, of my tiers for fun. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So in chess 960, you can obviate this thing that I don't think is fun. You get the opening phase back in chess, which I do think is fun to play. You get more decisive results if you make professionals do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Chess 960 is just great and uh, is so good that at the professional level, I think it should more or less replace chess. Um, and you know, that would make Wake on Zay more fun. It would make the Olympiad more fun, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, yeah. I think that this one's a real interesting one um, to talk about because for one, the proponents of Chess 960, I think, believed when this was, I mean, it's been around for a while now, that it would kind of eventually take over the traditional game. And it's been interesting to see that it hasn't. Um, and one of the things I want to make two, two quick points here, like sometimes, uh, you know, I watch a little bit of, of, uh, soccer, AKA football to relax and stuff. And as a fan, I'm sometimes like, oh, this game would be so much more interesting if they made the field, uh, bigger, you know, even if they made it like, I don't know, 10 feet on each side or even five feet on each side, a little bit bigger, it would be more dynamic. It would be more physical, uh, and why don't they? Well, there's a variety of, for example, rule changes that you could try to ask for. Um, and I think one of the things is once a tradition gets set in stone, it's very difficult to change it, uh, even if the proposed changes are very valid. Um, so that's an interesting cultural thing, right? Where, like, imagine if we switched it, it's kind of like, well, what about our huge tradition? What about our pantheon of great players? How, how do we compare them to the, these new players that are coming along? Because it, it would be essentially a different game. So it'd be like yeah. we would be giving up this cultural past. Um, and interestingly, the people who've invested all the time in their opening study would also be giving up their precious little jewels. 
Yeah. Right? Which is another key reason why I think it's not taken off. Um, the other quick thing I wanted to say is when we lived in the GM house ages ago in Berkeley, me and David, the, he tried to turn me on to go. And it was an interesting question for me because it was like, I, I have no doubt that go is a very interesting game and yada, yada. But I was like, dude, I, I already got this one game. It's enough. It's enough. It's more than enough for my small little mind. And uh, I just don't want to bring in another lady into my life. It's too much. So, but I, I understand it was like a kind of an interesting moment for me. I was like, well, shouldn't I at least try it out? And then I was like, no, I'm purposely not going to try it out. I have a little bit of a feeling mildly similar with Chess 960. I've done a couple events online and stuff and it was interesting and I'm, I'm going to put it in the second spot but it's, it's interesting to me because it hasn't stuck with the general populace and it hasn't stuck with uh myself either as something that could conceivably replace uh traditional chess and, and we got to say there's a number of uh, very strong players out there who are into it. I believe I, I, I'm going to guess that Levon Aronian is the biggest proponent. It's his favorite game. Yeah, biggest proponent amongst the top players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if you interviewed a lot of the top players, you'd find out that a lot of them support it and that it's that it's really, there's something weird about it not happening. You know, remember the Mines tournament and they would get a great turnout. You know, tons of fantastic players would show up and play in that. Um, and I think it's kind of just something to do with, with inertia and entrenched, you know, FIDE bureaucracy and no one, no one coming along with the money and the organization to, to run alternatives. Kosi, have you heard my racist joke about go? Oh, I have not. <laughs> he doesn't want you to say it either. He's scared. <laughs> Literally scared. All the pieces look the same, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we better move on before I get in trouble. What is Crazy House? I don't even know what Crazy House is. Well, wait, let me rank. I'm going to put 960. I think I'm going to (laughs) move King of the Hill. I've been thinking about my rankings to third. I'm going to put Chess 960 fourth. What? Wow, okay. Well, because for me, well, for one, Jesse, I thought it was interesting. You... You don't really, you didn't really rank any of the other variants based on how likely they are to replace uh, chess. <laughs> like, this is the only one where we're kind of. For me, well, it's just like not that fun. You know, it to me, it's very similar to just regular chess. It's fun in the same way that chess is mm. fun, which is like okay, I enjoy the game, but I'm not like gleefully playing, right? <laughs> like, uh-huh. no, these other variants, funny. I'm having fun, I'm having real fun. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, Crazy House, uh, for those that don't know, is basically a uh, bug house, except it's played with one board. So any pieces that you capture, you're then allowed to place that kind of piece as, uh, as an individual turn, similar in bug house. Um, so not as fun, because it's just a single player game, but it mm-hmm. you know involves a lot of the same dynamics. And I think a lot of bug house players end up being very good at Crazy House. Okay. I have to admit, I've never even played that one, man. But I, I, I get it. I can intuitively understand what's going on with that thing. So to play it, <clears throat> to play it OTB, Jesse, you need two mm-hmm. sets of pieces. And you have the second set of pieces next to you. So if you, 
if you capture the opponent's pawn, a black pawn, uh-huh. to the set next to you, you put that pawn down, you pick up a white pawn, and you put it next to your board so you're ready to drop it. Got it. Does that make sense? And so every time you yeah. capture something, you swap it out with the set next to you, and then it's sitting there so that if your opponent captures your piece, they'll be able to swap it out and get so, that piece back. So definitely something that's better online. It works well online. Yeah. It works It works fine OTB. It's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that overall it's a better game. Like if your only choices were online, online crazy house by far beats online bug house. Right? I mean, you get the piece instantly. Mm. You're in control of yourself. There's no stalling. You know, you can manage your time in a way that's more reminiscent of normal chess where you can think on an important move and then blitz out some, some simpler, clearer moves. Um, it is very much like Shogi as Rangao was saying, Japanese chess operates with that principle. The pieces are much weaker in Shogi, but when you capture them, they become yours to drop. Um, and Shogi is pretty cool too. Um, the only advantage bug house has is that kind of like fun social aspect in person where everybody's joking around together. It's kind of a tough call. I'm reflecting on whether to put crazy house, third bug house, fourth or bug house, third crazy house, fourth, but you guys can take over. Well, for me, um, I think it's going to take my number six spot. Cause yeah, I think it's, uh, it's fun. It's a cool game, but it's not, um, for me, yeah, it's not as fun as bug house. And, uh, I'm mainly thinking about bug house, OTB, yeah, bug house online. Um, not as much fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a good game for sure. Mm hmm. So, okay. Next one, guys. Next one. Maybe I'll introduce this one. Cause I was the one who was demanded yours. to be in the list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let me describe super King. Uh, there's a couple mild variants, but it's in the principle. It's very simple. What you've got is you've got a king versus the entire army, but the king is allowed to move twice. Uh, now, sometimes as a variant, the king will get a couple pawns, either let's say oftentimes two rook pawns, an A pawn and an H pawn. If you, yeah, and um, it's a brilliant game uh, for both fun and let's say educational purposes. I played. I think it's a great thing for uh at a camp for example mm -hmm. so for example um a couple things first educational then the fun part um if you do the, the mate and twos right it's a beautiful thing to practice for your visualization and if you just imagine a king on the board and a mate and two basically you're covering two squares away from the king and so it's like a pattern where you have to see all of the possible movements two squares away for the maiden two. And super king is obviously also two squares away. And so it forces a visualization of a, a you know, broader mate pattern, if you will, right? Um, where the pieces can come together in kind of fun and surprising ways. Now, then where it's really fun is, um, people of course think that they're gonna easily beat the king when in fact the king is incredibly tricky. Uh, 
<laughs> and just to uh, just so you get a sense of the rules, imagine if there's like a no pawn on F2, a pawn on H3, and we get our king to G3. That is mate. We win. That is mate because the king is in check and mate is two squares away. So um, <clears throat> that's an example of how the game ends. And so it's just a fun thing to do. It's counter, very counterintuitive. And a simple thing that you can observe if you teach or play it is that when people first start playing against the king and they're, let's say, the less skilled kids, the king just basically always wins. The king <laughs> always wins. And then that's why you can sometimes add a couple of pawns, like an A and an H pawn, just so that the rook pawns don't immediately queen and make it easier. But even with that, at the beginning level, uh, you, the kids won't be able to deal with it. And inexperienced players won't be able to deal with it because it involves this really made into um, skill of visualizing all the squares around the king. Yeah, so just, just to clarify um, yeah. some rules, the king can make illegal moves on its first turn, exactly. but not Thank the second you, yeah. turn. It has to end up on a legal square. But what that means is if, you know, as the side with the army, if you have a queen attacking the king and your queen is defended, that king can take your queen and then step out of check. And so that's why you can't just like easily uh, trap the king. And then the second rule is that your king can actually threaten to take the enemy king. So if you're yeah. two squares away from the enemy king, that's as if you're threatening to go like king next to the king, then king takes king, which is okay. Not how real chess works, but that's what makes it uh, much harder for, <laughs> for the side with uh, the army. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's really fun, especially against kids. Um, I played it actually with like, King and four pawns in the center, uh -huh. uh, E, D, C, and F against uh, the full army. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a ton of fun. It's very hard. But eventually, once the kids learn how to like coordinate their pieces and defend everything, and then they don't let your king do anything, it's, yeah, they feel very happy. And yeah, it's always a good time. So Sounds like something that would teach you how to manage counterplay better, right? How to really like look at your opponent's possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also played it. I also think it's fun. I'm going to put it in here just above King of the Hill. Cool. For me, I think it will go... Um, let's see, what are we left with here? Three check. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably put it in the seven spot. Oh, wait, whoops. All right, and then next up we have three checks, where you have to give three checks to win the game. I also think it's a fun way to give odds when you're playing normal chess and your opponent just has to give three checks. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mainly it's <laughs> both sides have to give three checks before they win. I think MVL is a big fan. Um, Mike Klein, also from Chess Kid, shout out to Mike, mm -hmm. he, he loves this game. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I think it's it's quite interesting. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be my number five spot. Um, you know, yeah, Gosi, they say that us old guys are reactionaries, and I feel like I'm feeling like a reactionary here because everything that I hear, where I don't know of it, I'm just like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm an old man. That's dumb. That's dumb. And all these things I never heard of, I'm just like, that's dumb. Let's put the, let's put it in the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> there it is. It's true what they say about old people. Don't trust them. 
but just getting old and crusty. Can't take any new stuff. I'm barely able to work this Excel spreadsheet, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real challenge. <laughs> I mean, three check is fun. Three check is fun, but these other things are more fun. I think what, what Super King has is it sort of bends the rules a lot. So it makes it a really different fun experience. That's one of the reasons I put it ahead of some of the other variants. Whereas three check plays very much like chess, but just a little bit more safe with your king, right? And certain variants you can't play because of checks and some slightly different combinations. You're comboing to get your second and third check rather than to get a checkmate. Um, it's perfectly cool. I would say that's like the cutoff for variants that I like is down to number nine. Yeah. <laughs> so bullet and loser chess are the only two where it's like, I wouldn't even bother playing them. Mm -hmm. So it may look like a low ranking for me, but actually it's because I, I appreciate all of almost all of these. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite game, but I think it's fun. Um, and it kind of just exercises some different, some different chess skills. And yeah, you still have to calculate, but the, the rules are different. So you're kind of looking for, for different ideas. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Next up, no castle chess, which was, um, one of the variants, I think it was introduced by, by Kramnik. He, he mm -hmm. had like a whole thing with variants, but then it was also like, uh, play tested by Alpha Zero and maybe some other neural net engines, and um, then there was even a match like Kramnik versus versus Vichy. Um, so Kramnik is a big fan of this one, somewhat uh, surprisingly. Um, where basically it's all the same rules except you just can't castle, so the kings are on their own. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about it? I think that uh, his interest in it also came along with. Um, uh, a bit of a distaste for for Fisher slash chess 960 chess, which I'm I'm loath to say, um, you know, because I respect him. But I think he doesn't like some of the asymmetry in some of those positions. He feels like there's a lack of harmony and the positions are a little bit ugly, um, which is fine by me. I love ugly positions. Um, and so he was looking around for other alternatives that would be a lot like chess, but would refresh the opening in a way. And he tested out several variants including this one with the computers and this was his favorite um and i'm fine with it i mean it's obviously nowhere near as good as uh fisher random sorry kramnik fisher is definitely going to go down ahead of you but uh for for variant creation but i mean it's enough better than normal chess that i'll take it over anything else you know it's enough similar yet a little bit better so yeah clear number two Gotcha. Um, but I think, you know, once people played it for a while, it would then quickly suffer from some of the same problems as normal chess, right? People would just have the openings memorized. It's only one new possibility. Yeah. Yeah, no, it adds, it's like an interesting variant to regular chess. For me, it's my number 10 pick because I like castling. And so it's uh -huh. just like, it's just, it's just normal chess, except you can't castle, which I don't know. I think... Okay, if if we imagine no castle chess was the normal chess, and then they introduced this rule where you could castle, everyone would be like, "Wow, this is amazing! The king can get out of the center." <laughs> like people like castling. So I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's kind of a bummer to uh, 
to lose your castling rights from the get-go. And at that point, I'd rather just play 960. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, if we're going to play regular chess, but kind of scuff it up a little bit, then yeah, let's play 960, and then, yeah, you can still castle. I don't know. There's more creativity, I think. Um, yeah, I have a little bit of sympathy for this thing. Um, <clears throat> well, let's just say the obvious. When... The, the beauty of introducing the rule of castling is it makes the game go faster by introducing the rooks into the game quicker. <clears throat> and it creates this beautiful power of the rooks in the center of the boards, often, you know, on the C, D, E, or F file. Um, one thing that I think is uh, interesting for my own self is I rarely actually feel like... Um, I, I don't feel that anxiety about openings too much, even though it's definitely not a strong part of my game or anything. Um, but where I sometimes feel annoyed, like uh, about chess being too repetitive is, maybe you guys have had the same experience. I've done an inordinate amount of middle game puzzles. I love doing middle game puzzles. We can call them calculation exercises, whatever you want to call them. And I swear to God, you start going through them and it's like, oh my God, Another one where both kings are castle short. It's like again and again and again. I'm like, oh my gosh, this actually does happen like all the time. And I just never really appreciated how monotonous, how monotonous this is and how common it is that we get kings on G1 and G8. Um, anyway, so that's where I feel it sometimes. I'm just like, oh, I really notice it in these middle game problems. The effect of the castling and how inordinately common it is you know uh so it would almost be it would would be cooler if there were if somehow chess had evolved so long castling would be more common you know because it just becomes too common with the short but that's a it's a mild complaint and one of the reasons i think at least this is interesting to me it's never going to come close to replacing anything but it's at least an interesting variant yeah. yeah, I don't see it replacing chess for sure the way I do with chess 960. But if for some reason people wanted to replace chess with it, I would be willing to do that for a year. Yeah, it's definitely like a interesting way to kind of mix up the game a bit. You know, you have to figure out what you're doing with the king. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like it's like buying a new spice. For the first time right you've never had cumin in your kitchen before uh-huh. and then suddenly you've got cumin and you're like cool 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 look at what i can do with it and then you know after a couple of weeks you need chess 960 because you've kind of figured out what cumin can do <laughs> you know all the spices okay costia tell us what is progressive chess okay progressive chess which as you guys can see is going to be my number two favorite variant behind bug house Um, is a game where white moves first, they get one move, black then gets two moves to play, they can make uh, any two moves, white then gets three moves, black gets four moves, white gets five moves, and so on. Um, The game ends in checkmate as normal, you can capture as one of your moves. The uh, only rule is that if you give a check, that has to be the last of your moves. So if you have like four moves to make and you your first or second move is a check, you're not allowed to make any other moves after that. So a typical strategy is to save the check uh, for your your last, you know, last move of the series. 
The other important rule that goes yeah. with that is that the opponent must play legal moves. Everyone has to play like chess legal moves. There's no capturing a piece that's defended with your king and then stepping back out by the end of your progressive set of moves. Yeah, all the moves have to be legal, right? So if you start your turn off in check, your first move has to be to get out of check. And then you can make um, normal moves from there. So super fun. I actually played, I think my only real game of correspondence chess was progressive chess, uh, which I played with my friend, uh, National Master Alex King. Shout out to Alex. And uh, that was super fun. Uh, I think I played black in that game. And um, yeah, it's just like tons to analyze, you know, and there's there's various openings. So a uh, very typical opening is for white to go e4, and then black just goes um, e5, d5, because otherwise white would have queen h5, bishop c4, queen takes f7, checkmate. So you have to be oh careful. You have to defend against this threat. Um, but there's different ways uh, to do it. And then once the game gets fun, it's like you have six moves, seven moves, you know, like you know that your opponent is going to get one more move next. So you really have to make sure that they don't have a way to set up a checkmate, right? Because you can imagine once you have seven or eight moves to make, a lot of different ways to just set up a mate, um, but surprisingly hard. So anyway, super, super fun. I think people should try it out. And uh, I would happily play uh, progressive chess all the time. Not all the time, but you know what I mean. I've played, I've played progressive um, <laughs> several times. It was fun. I think it's got a little less replay value than Super King or King of the Hill, maybe. Because you start to sort of hone in on some ideas in the first couple moves within just a couple times playing the game. So super fun. I've got nothing against it. It's up there in my in my top nine that I like. But um I think that the fun is super high at first, but but drops off compared to some other variants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my reaction is that of a reactionary again. Just too high. <laughs> you guys are going crazy over there, man. Just anything new, I'm opposed. I'm opposed <laughs> to anything new. Um, uh, <laughs> a, a, uh, something I want to note is David has Bullet as number 10. We should just say at the beginning of the show, I said that I veto Bullet off the list. But David is an obstinate dude, as you guys know. So he put it on there anyway. Just to be, he didn't care that I vetoed him, and so officially he's got losers chess below right. bullet. So uh, double insult just, there to bullet and to losers chess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. than he just needed he just needed to insult bullet just while he was at it. I guess. Yeah, and hopefully you feel a little bit insulted too, Jesse. I just I hope everybody feels terrible. And nine sixty is definitely on my list. It's number two. It's right up there. So what, which ones do we all kind of rank highly? I mean, Bughouse is probably number one because we have two number ones and a number three. Chess 960 oh. has a one, two, and the four. So that's pretty high. That makes sense. Bughouse is the only one I have a desire to play. That's the only one. <laughs> I love right. talking. That, that was my other question is like yeah. for each of you on this list that you have of like 10 yeah. variants, where's the cutoff between stuff you want to play and stuff you don't want to play, right? Because for me, it's at number nine. Up through number nine, I, I could play it for fun. And after number nine, no. Yeah. Um, for you, it's at number two, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, just bug house. I'm not interested. I mean, Super King, I think it's fun for the camps and stuff. If somebody, you know, wanted to do a chess 960 tournament and they invited me, I'd do it. But, you know, it's not something I'm like super pumped. Um, 
Yeah. So really, and if I, if I imagine having a good time wasting you with my bug house opening branded the bone, then yes, that is what I'm, and I need to do a video too. I need a YouTube video on the bone. Cause that's, that's like, that's the real deal, my friend. All right. Call up Sandor. We'll play some games and then you can use those games for your video. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see for me. I don't know. I think, um, it really depends on my mood. I would say my top four, I'm probably in the mood to play most of the time. And then like three check crazy house, um, fog of war. I would be interested in trying out. I feel like I would actually like it more. I just have never played it. So it was really hard, uh, to rank it higher. Um, I also want to give a, a shout out to, uh, to quantum chess. Cause I've been working with the quantum chess folks. That's a yeah. very fun variant as well. And, and, and generally very hard. Um, but I don't know. I didn't want to include on this list. I feel like most people haven't played it and it's kind of less popular um, mm -hmm. than these. But yeah, definitely one that's... And we uh, didn't do Atomic either. Worth trying. Yeah, we didn't do Atomic either. That was kind of my bias because I don't like Atomic, so it wasn't on my list. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, shout out and to Atomic. Blindfold, honestly, you know, that to me is like Bullet. It's, a, it's still the rules of chess, um, but you could consider it a variant. Yeah, I, I think of it as chess. Just I think them. of it as chess. Yeah, yeah it's very similar. Yeah. Um, Not a variant. For some players, it is just chess. Yeah. So, um, right. Okay, guys. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I think we, we accomplished something today. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, if you want to see our uh, final rankings, you can check out the YouTube video where we, you'll have a visual list um, just to see it all in, uh, in perspective. Um, okay. All right. I think that's cool. going to do it. Thanks everyone for hanging out and we will, uh, and listening and we'll catch you next time. All right, folks, that's the show. Uh, yeah, we missed four player chess as well. It's just too many variants. A lot of variants. Yeah. Four player chess is fun. <laughs> Very hard though. Okay. My friends. Great. I will talk to you soon. Alright guys.